0: people a hey everybody welcome to conspiracy the show i'm your host Adam Todd Brown, joining me once again, special guest co-host Sliceberg. How's it going, man?
1: Pretty good, Adam. What's up?
0: Not much. What have you been up to since we recorded last? Lots of, lots of stuff?
1: Yeah, in between my rec- last recording, I've done four more
0: albums. We're working pretty busy. I feel like I'm a whole new person since we recorded last.
1: Yeah, I, I literally just, we stopped talking. I recorded four albums, and then it, it were just
0: magically done. And then now here we are, two weeks later. (laughs) Do you get it, people at home? We record these back-to-back. So that's what's what's actually happening here. We stay busy. We are continuing through our uh, countdown of the 10 best hip-hop conspiracies. Again, just to make the criteria for this list clear, these are just the ones I like the best. We didn't vote. I didn't ask the fans for their input. I didn't put up a poll, I just uh, went with my gut, and this is the list we came up with. I ended the last episode by saying that the Nicki Minaj is actually Jay-Z thing might be my favorite conspiracy theory of these ten, but this first one we're going to talk about might also be, let me just lay it on you, people at home, Shakira and Pitbull predicted the disappearance of Malaysia Airlines flight MH370. That's a pretty wild claim right there.
1: Hey, can you, um, when you say that, when you go through editing this episode, can you add the dun, dun,
0: dun? Yeah, I feel like I should. (laughs) One of the reasons I like this one so much is I fucking love Shakira. She is uh, one of my, one of my fave musicians. I actually have one of her albums coming today in the mail on vinyl. She Wolf, very good album. Check it out, everybody. Nice. But the song in question, it's a Pitbull song. Shakira is just on the chorus. She's completely innocent in all of this. Pitbull is the one saying all the inflammatory stuff. The song is called Get It Started. And I don't know if I've ever listened to an entire Pitbull song from beginning to end. So I was not familiar with this What's your stance on Pitbull?
1: Dolly! I think if Pitbull and Shakira teamed up and put out an album, they would be the Latin world's Watch the Throne. They would have that shit on lock.
0: Yeah, I could see that. People do like Pitbull, and he's Mr. Worldwide, after all. So they like him globally. Right.
1: I'm not a fan, but if those two team up, man, they will sell some units.
0: I've never experienced someone who probably lives a cooler life than i could ever hope to but who i also like look at and i'm like you fucking nerd like pitbull seems like such a nerd i don't know why he just he seems corny to me
1: he is but he owns it he makes he makes award show music (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah he makes the shit you hear before the SBs come on (laughs) 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 I mean, that's, he got that unlocked. That's his lane. He owns it, I guess. I'm not a fan, but he's doing something, I guess.
0: So this song with Shakira, it's called Get It Started, came out way back in 2012. So a couple years prior to the disappearance of that flight, which it's been a long time ago now. It's 2014. So mm. seven years, going on seven yeah. years. In 2012, they put out this song, it includes lyrics like, now it's off to Malaysia. So there's that. But that in and of itself is pretty meaningless. But then Pitbull adds stuff like two passports, three cities, two countries in a day, which sounds like a Pitbull line, 100%. That's his life. Yeah. Yeah. It's sure. Mr. worldwide <laughs> again. The three passports line has been interpreted to be a reference to the stolen Austrian and Italian passports that were used by two Iranian men who boarded MH370. And, uh, probably not. I bet it's not. What would Pitbull's reasoning have been to tell people this was gonna happen?
1: I got something for this. No.
0: Alright, I'm this ready. This makes
1: sense. Okay, so, if we check who wrote this song, right? If it's someone other than Pitbull, because these songs usually have, what, a couple of writers, usually, for a generic party song. So let's say... The other guy put that in there. And the other guy works with, I don't know, the Illuminati. And maybe, you know, their, their whole code is, before they do some fuck shit, this usually has to be spoken or said to cover all credibility. Like, hey, we told you, if you didn't pick up on it in are uh, lyrics, then you just weren't looking hard enough. It's all far-fetched, but I don't know. Maybe he didn't write that line and said, so what does this mean? Just write it in there. It's hot.
0: Okay. How many... <laughs> <laughs> take take a guess at how many songwriters are on this song. Uh, eight. It is actually eight. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> Armando Perez, who that is, uh, is that Pitbull? Is that his real name? I don't know. I think so. Yes, that is Pitbull. Darrell Babs, Chris Stevens, Mark Kinchin, Sidney Sampson, DJ Buddha, Shakira, and someone who just calls themselves Develop.
1: It was Develop. That's the guy. That was the one. At first, I wasn't sure, but when you said Develop, he developed the whole plan. Gotcha.
0: Develop doesn't have a Wikipedia page. Very mysterious. There
1: you go. He's a plant.
0: Yeah. And some of those names, if there's samples on here, there's people might get songwriting credits. But still, who's Develop? That sounds like AI or something. Mm -hmm. That's a company. (laughs) So yeah, maybe they did it maybe they wrote that part
1: that's the uh the government offshoot
0: what if they were trying to be a whistleblower we got to let people know this is going to happen and i know just how to do it get shakira and pitbull in the room
1: yeah and get developed <laughs> make sure he's he's got to be there
0: <laughs> so there's also the three cities part of that line that is claimed to represent the capital cities of malaysia china and vietnam And I was confused about that, so I looked into that a little more, and one of the theories about flight MH370, well, this part's not a theory. It was a flight from Kuala Lumpur to Beijing. So there's your two capital cities. And one of the theories is that it was shot down over Vietnam. So that's the third capital in question. Hanoi, capital of Vietnam. So... I don't know. They they also say the two countries could be Malaysia and Vietnam. Yeah, they could be Canada and the United States. Also, who knows? I I fucking love Shakira though, so I'm glad I got to talk about her on this episode. But this theory's nuts.
1: The only way this would work is if you work backwards. You have to give me three other historic events, and then we have to find out did other artists mention these events in songs, and then measure the time between the song lyric and the. It it just takes too much work, but it's possible, I guess, if you. Is every, isn't 9-11 and like 10 rap songs alone before it happened? I don't know.
0: I'm always fascinated by musicians who seem like they predict their own death in songs. Yeah. That's all, like, we should do an episode about that. The Tupac one is the best because he he, yeah. he jumped on a Richie Rich song and said, I've been shot and murdered. I can tell you how it happened word for word. And people are like, Shit. why do people think Tupac's still alive?
1: Shit, that in the, the I You video alone. The intro. I mean, it's literally it's literally how it goes down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to a degree.
0: Yeah, I didn't put it on the list, but Tupac is alive is actually kind of a compelling theory. Just because like witness protection is a thing. We know it exists. I just the only problem with that is no one really went to jail. I don't think Tupac like cooperated in any investigations, so who knows? Yeah. Elvis definitely though.
1: Yeah. I Man, it might be his own episode. The Tupac went alone. That's such a rabbit hole of shit with <laughs> tupac and machiavelli
0: now we're getting into some classics yeah we're getting into the top four and this is an oldie but goodie jay-z and beyonce are illuminati also beyonce is secretly italian i'm still on the fence as to whether the illuminati is even a real thing i still think that's a government psyop just meant to take attention away from just how shitty the real government is yeah we don't really need a fake shadow government to fuck this country we elect our government that fucks this country right every few years
1: yeah we do and here's the thing though you two things one jay-z and beyonce are not illuminati because one there are no black people in the illuminati
0: yeah that would be a surprise if there were
1: right i don't care how powerful you are two michael jackson was the most powerful entertainer whoever lived so if they're Illuminati, what the fuck do you think he was what was he doing then like you're not as powerful as mike so you might got a little clout but they still have a boss jay z beyonce have bosses they answer to mike had bosses he answered to
0: i am convinced michael jackson was a spy and that's why he got away with all the kid touching because man especially in the 80s and 90s no one had access to world leaders like michael jackson because he was just. It's true. He was everywhere. He was viewed as this like benevolent force for world peace. So he would yeah. like, he could walk up to any world leader and they'd be like, Michael Jeff, Jack- Fuck yeah. I want Michael Jackson in my country. Are you kidding me?
1: There's no way he didn't work with the United States in some way to represent. Like he was an ambassador, pretty much.
0: Yeah. And there's no way our intelligence agencies didn't pull him aside after those or before those trips, probably, and be like, hey, write down what you see. Tell us when you get back. Hell yeah. There's no doubt they did. Maybe he was out there assassinating people. How fucking cool would that be?
1: That'd be, be kind of dope.
0: Just going in Munich, every fucking country he goes to. They give him a list of people he's got to hunt down before his show. That
1: means Moonwalker is based on a true story, then. He probably, <laughs> his power, he makes you dance to death. He go out there killing fucking soldiers and making them dance and they collapse.
0: Michael Jack Sasson. <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of that show.
1: Oh, he was the basis of Action Jackson. It's based on Michael Jackson's life when he's not singing.
0: There it is. That makes that makes Damn. more
1: sense. That's a Netflix series.
0: I'm pretty sure the whole Jay-Z Illuminati thing is just because of that hand symbol that is a, a triangle, but he says diamond. And people just take that and they're like, that man's in the Illuminati for sure.
1: But you got from Diamond Dallas Page who did it first.
0: Well, Diamond Dallas Page was definitely in the Illuminati. I don't think there's any... Yeah. Any dispute. No question. That. He probably was the head at some point. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like it's just it's that. And also there's Rich and there's Jay-Z and Beyonce Rich. Like Jay-Z, I think what became recently became the first billionaire rapper. Was that Dre first? Was it?
1: Technically. Dre's technically first with beats.
0: Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Dre is but fucking this- loaded, man.
1: Yeah. Now, again, that goes back to Busy Bones saying, like, even without the money, Jay-Z has sprinkling, been sprinkling his music and imagery with devil shit for a while now, so you can't really blame fans for running with that. He says this shit all the time. He may, he mentions Masonic shit. He mentions Freemason. Like, he's if he's not, he's definitely leaning into it, because that shit sells. So he leans into it.
0: Yeah, and here's the thing. He could be a Freemason.
1: Yeah, I'm sure all of them are, to a degree.
0: Yeah, people treat the idea that someone might be a freemason as I think freemasonry in general is treated weird. If like I wouldn't mind doing like a series on freemasonry because there's obviously the conspiracy theory that freemasons are like secretly trying to control the world and influence politics. And in this country, we know freemasons exist. Chet Wilde is a freemason, <laughs> for um, example.
1: I actually Right, and I remember you said that. And I actually, if you do do that, I like to say something about that because I actually went through the um the process of becoming a Freemason. The last thing I didn't do was sign the paperwork. I guess like I say that to have them come to my house where I was staying at the time and talk to every member of the peop my family, and I wasn't particularly cool with that at the time, so I kind of gave them a little soft pass. Yeah, but I went through the whole the whole rigmarole of going to the temples. Going through what I gotta do and what they do and all that stuff, but it's it is wild it's very secretive, and they're very strict on not running your mouth,
0: yeah, they made
1: I mean, that clear, made that very clear that's
0: <laughs> that's why people get so freaked out when they find out like u s presidents are freemasons right. because freemasonry it requires this oath that is like listen this is this is what you care about is freemasonry, everything right. else is after that. And people are like, well, how can you be the president? And also,
1: you know, no one likes secrets. People are scared of secrets. No matter what group, no one likes secrets. They wants to know everything. Because a secret is something nefarious.
0: Who knows? Like, there's obviously a chance that Jay-Z could be a Freemason, because we know Freemasonry is a real thing.
1: I mean, it comes with success, I think. Any level of success, I mean, you're definitely going to be offered or approached. I mean, that's just, that's life. You, no matter what position you're in, if at the top, someone's talk, someone's talking to you.
0: Yeah, it'd be like if someone walked up to you with an application for an American Express Plum card, you'd be like, "Oh. Right. Me? Okay. Yes. I didn't know I'd attain such heights." Same thing. Exactly. Someone walks up and they're like, "You want to be in the Illuminati? You want to be fast-tracked into Freemasonry?" Right, like, "Hell yeah." Like, who 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 one of
1: who one of us would not take the opportunity yeah. <laughs> to advance in life such quickly. Yeah. 33rd I would.
0: degree? Oh my.
1: Yes, please after read after read what memorize what sure, I get how much
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's just that he's rich and he 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 does you know talk about but again, a lot of people use imagery like that because the other thing about Illuminati imagery is it's all like the sun or an eye or a triangle. And it's like, you right. see that in a lot of shit. There's this one conspiracy theory guy out there on the internet named Isaac Weishaupt. Yeah, that guy. He has a whole bunch of stuff about Illuminati symbols in Stanley Kubrick movies. And I hate it so much. For one thing, he's written like two books about it. Like he's milking his audience for money
1: very clearly. Yeah, I read it. I read some of his stuff. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's selling a lot. He's trying to sell a lot of uh, spooks.
0: He's not being honest because you can't talk about the Stanley Kubrick Illuminati theory without mentioning that that theory started in a comedy article on the Internet in like 1995. So up to that point, no one had even suggested such a crazy thing. And uh, it is a very crazy thing. Like, Stanley Kubrick movies don't have... They have... Again, they have symbols that are used by the Illuminati. Or they're purported to be used by the Illuminati. But, I don't know. They're used by a lot of, a lot of groups. Uh, and yeah, Beyonce's super fucking rich, too. She had that line in, in a song where she said, of course, shit goes down when there's a billion dollars on the elevator. That's a reference to yeah. the time she was on the elevator with Jay-Z and Solange. And Solange was all mad at Jay-Z and yelling at him. And uh, yeah, a billion dollars on the elevator. 650 of it belonged to Solange. The other That's the rest of <laughs> That's 600, funny. $650 <laughs> belonged to Solange. When it, when it, when it comes down
1: to... Pretty much, look. Anyone at the top of their game is part of a secret il- group. That's just life. All professions, when at the, the top, you're part of some kind of small group of special people. Period. So, I, again, I doubt. Again, any black people are part of the official <laughs> four or five white guys who run the world. But they may be puppets of them. They're just they're just entertainers. They have no power. It's all their image. Yeah. They have bosses. They run nothing, people. <laughs>
0: What if, that, what if that Beyonce song, uh, Girls, like what, what if the, the chorus was like, who runs the world? Eight white dudes in a room uh, above the White House.
1: It doesn't pop the same, it doesn't hit the same, it doesn't slap.
0: Yeah, girls meaning these eight old white men who sit on top of the White exactly. House. Exactly. That's what they call their group. It's an evil acronym that means government in real life. Sucks.
1: G I R L S runs the world.
0: We cracked Mm -hmm. it. We cracked the case. In 2018, (laughs) a guy running for office in Illinois named Bill Fowell made headlines when he posted a thread on Twitter about how Beyonce and Jay Z both support the Illuminati and how her Super Bowl performance included a bunch of Illuminati symbols. But all of his evidence was just YouTube videos that had been out before. But what was weird about this theory kind of reemerging in 2018 is where it eventually went this time. Uh, instead of ending at Jay-Z and Beyonce are in the Illuminati, it went Jay-Z and Beyonce are in the Illuminati. Also, Beyonce is not black. She is an Italian woman, which uh, this is very weird. Like, it's not weird in, oh, maybe this is true. It's just weird that this even happened.
1: I like that the second time he mentioned that, they were Illuminati. He tacked on this other little story detail. It's right, Jay Z, Beyonce, Illuminati. Also, Beyonce might be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> it's so random. Like, is that? It's like one of these is true.
0: And this rumor was started by a uh, an Instagram user named J J W Webb, who just left a comment on someone's post, and this is what it said: "You know, Beyonce isn't black, but a dark Italian. She fakes being black." Because she was told by her producers, "Go black, and you will have greater audience appeal." I'm going to stop you right there. That is contrary to everything we've ever heard about the music industry.
1: It's not like the story; would be the opposite. That's backwards. That's weird. Yeah, it that doesn't make sense. I
0: think it would be more. Do you think you could pass for Italian? Mm. Cause then, then we're on to something. That's going to be a plus. Anyway, here's how. Here's how the rest of the the quote goes. Her real name is Anne Marie La You will soon find out what I say is true. She, Beyonce, duped a lot of people. How embarrassed are you now? I can answer that. I'm not embarrassed at all. Like, even if this turned out to be true, I didn't didn't plan it. The song's still slap, even if she's Italian and not black. What's really happening here is they're tying this to the Black Lives Matter movement and saying, well, Black Lives Matter is obviously fake. This person who pushes it so much is Italian.
1: Here's the thing. Wouldn't a real Beyonce have a more real Italian name? Like, I don't know, like Beyonce? Like, isn't her her name more Beyonce? I don't know if I should do that voice, but wouldn't that be kind of more...
0: That's a spicy Beyonce. Right.
1: It just you kind of go with that name, that was your I don't know, yeah, it just seems like that's weird, no
0: and here's the thing Anne Marie Lestrassi was a real person, is a real person, and uh she was interviewed by the root and uh my favorite thing about the interview is how it just starts with some casual Italian racism, i
1: guess that bothered me what was, what was that about
0: it seemed necessary? And it's, if you read the rest of the interview, it seems like she was legitimately bothered by it because she keeps saying, like, oh, I'll think about it while my sauce simmers. And, like, they're playing it like it's, <laughs> like it's them being funny back, to, back and forth. But I feel like she was like, yeah, I fucking bathe in olive oil, you piece of shit. Can we get this over with?
1: He yeah, has a real bad interview.
0: Here's how the interview starts. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. I'm sure you'd rather be slicing garlic cloves into liquid-thin pieces for a squad of good fellas rather than talking about being mistaken for Beyonce.
1: Can I say the interview should stop right there? Like, okay, I'm out of here. Like, what the fuck is this?
0: <laughs> <What> is- <laughs> yeah, that is such a weird st- weird way to start an interview.
1: That's like someone asking me about, Am I, I'm sorry to bother you from frying your chicken, but can you talk to me? <laughs> That's bad.
0: This was her response to that. Ha ha, very funny. In reality, I've yelled, he good! More than I've ever yelled, that's a spicy meatball, <laughs> despite those stereotypes. And the rest of the interview is just her saying, I'm not Beyonce. I wish I was Beyonce. Beyonce is amazing. And also uh, just peppering it all with references to Italian food that seem like they are not being peppered in in a happy way. I
1: feel her first response. She tried to play ball in a way like, "I'll I'll play with you this one time, but... Let's move on from that. Yeah. But it, the fact they the guy just kept the interviewer just kept uh picking is real condescending. Like right, to the utmost degree. <laughs> like it what's the point?
0: But I mean, good on them for tracking her down and doing the interview at least. <laughs> to uh show that she's not Beyonce. But also, how do we know that? Did you interview Beyonce in the same room, the route? Did you did you hit her with the stereotypes leading into the questions? If not, how do you this know who the, you're talking to?
1: This was the root? Yeah. See, that's the problem. They're not as credible as Yahoo Sports. Should Yahoo Sports.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I even forgot to mention the source for that first example, the Shakira and Pitbull thing, was from Yahoo Malaysia. Yahoo is the real Mr. Worldwide. If you said Yahoo
1: Malaysia Sports, I would have lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: all fucking cricket, whatever, <laughs> soccer, whatever people play in malaysia i'm assuming those two things <laughs> so yeah Anne marie Lestrassi. she's very cute like it's got to be a little yeah. flattering that people look at you and go mm, you're actually beyonce but she doesn't look that much like beyonce they have like a similar skin tone and similar hair color but beyond that not really
1: yeah she's like a olive like a olive skin italian woman
0: yeah and she's also beyonce
1: Right, a light-skinned black woman.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So let's get off into another theory. Now we're really, really getting into the the big stuff. There's all sorts of directions we could have gone with this next one. Uh, Who killed Notorious Big? Who killed Tupac? But I want to focus on one specific theory, which is that Sean P. Diddy Combs is the one who set Tupac up to be killed. And I hate this theory with all my heart and soul because of how it came about. This theory happened because at one point, Valetta Wallace filed a wrongful death civil suit against the LAPD. She was seeking $500 million from the LAPD. And to fight the lawsuit, the LAPD reopened the case and handed it to this detective named Greg Carding. For one thing, I'm sure they definitely did not say, here, go investigate this in a way that exonerates us, please. They just said, hey, find what you can, I'm sure. And he comes back with a theory that Sean Combs put a $1 million hit out on Tupac and Suge Knight, both, and hired a crypt named Dwayne Keefe D. Davis to carry out the murders. And he claims Tupac was actually killed by Orlando Anderson because of they, they pulled up on the wrong side of the car or something. That's the guy Tupac's entourage beat down in the lobby of the MGM Grand shortly before he died. And so after all that happened, Suge Knight put out a hit on Notorious Big, and that's why he died. And shortly after Cardin came to these conclusions... And despite all of these shocking revelations, the LAPD just immediately stopped the investigation and dropped the case because now they had been exonerated by an investigation. And that kind of derailed Valletta Wallace's civil suit. And now there won't even be financial justice for her when it comes to the death of her son. One of the things that also makes me suspicious There were so many attempts to make the movie that eventually was City of Lies, which is about the other version of this theory, which is that the LAPD was very involved in the death of Notorious Big, but all of the attempts to make that movie failed. But this theory, the Greg Carding theory, was made into a USA Network TV series uh, before any version of the other story came out. Then just like quietly this year, *Stars* added City of Lies to their lineup. So you can go see City of Lies now, and it presents the alternative theory to what happened to Notorious Big. And man, it's pretty compelling. It's a very convincing theory. It's also a theory that was put forth by a former LAPD detective.
1: This is um, two words. How convenient.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I hate about it. No one has questioned that part. That, oh, you finally, like you haven't come up with this theory at, Any other point after all these years, because we're talking like 10 years after he died, you've had 10 years to Mm. look into this. And now you're just conveniently coming up with this theory that exonerates the LAPD entirely.
1: It feels like they just came up with it just to just to get their name out from just to get them from um, from involved in the situation. They just kind of. Well, here's a theory. Yeah. This means we had nothing to do with it. and You know what? Both camps just kind of got rid of each other. It's over. Case closed. Open and shut case.
0: Yeah. And they even in the USA series, they like bring up the other theory a little bit and they just focus on one very small part and try to like really play it down as not being as important as people make it out to be, which is that uh, one of the LAPD cops who was accused of being involved in this. They raided his home, and in his garage, one, he had a car that looked identical to the car that the shooters in the Notorious Big Case were in. It was a dark green Chevy Impala. He also had a bunch of walkie-talkies, which they think that's how the killers communicated, was via walkie-talkie. And he had a shrine to Tupac in his garage, and all of that is treated as completely inconsequential in the USA <laughs> series. And wow. like if you look into there's like books, if you don't want to watch City of Lies because you like uh, hate Johnny Depp or whatever. <laughs> there's books about the theory. There's a lot out there. It's Russell Poole's theory, who was another N- or LAPD detective.
1: That's the first theory I heard.
0: Yeah. He's the one that landed on the theory that Notorious Big was killed by... LAPD officers who were also doing security work for Death Row Records and who were also members of the Bloods themselves. And all of that shit was true. Like, it's that's not even a question. There were a bunch of investigations. They did determine that this group of cops were gang members. They were working for Death Row Records. They were stealing cocaine from evidence rooms and reselling it. If you look into the Rampart scandal, that's what it all centers around is the department that those cops worked for. So like, of course they fucking killed notorious big. They're cops. Who else is going to get away with it? Like, especially like that was, that was even crazier than, I don't know. Killing Tupac on the Vegas Strip was pretty bold. Like, from an eyewitness standpoint, like, there were there were a lot of people around.
1: Right, but from a Tupac history, from his record standpoint, it makes more sense. Yeah. You would figure he has more enemies than Biggie was. So you're like, oh, well, of course, Tupac was shot. Yeah. But Biggie was more like,
0: fuck, Biggie was shot? I didn't expect that when it happened. Like, I, yeah. you kind of felt like Tupac. Like, he had been shot a bunch of times before that. Right. It was pretty clear someone was after Tupac, and they got him. But Notorious Big, I had thought at best he was going to die of a heart attack at, like, 29. I mean, he probably would have lived longer than that. Yeah. You think he would have lost weight?
1: Yes. I think, but in the in the early 2000s, he probably would have gotten to the fat of fat rappers trying to slim down for the new, the millennium. Yeah. Being Big is no good no more.
0: I mean, after Big Pun died. That had to send shockwaves through the fat rapper industry. You are right.
1: Had he had lived through Big Pun's death, then he would have lost a lot of weight.
0: Yeah. Did you ever see pictures of Big Pun before he gained all that weight?
1: He was yeah, cut. hot. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was.
0: He looked like a fucking NFL lineman, but one who is just like all muscle instead of fat. Like he, it was crazy. It's like a different person. All right. So yeah, I don't think Diddy. I I just don't see that for him. Like. I've always taken like Sean Combs is a great businessman, but in terms of an entertainer, he's one of those people who can do everything just he doesn't do any of it great. I mean, he doesn't write his own rhymes, but he can deliver them adequately. uh, he can dance. I think he dancing might be the thing he's best at <laughs> like that's
1: the only thing he does yeah.
0: He's as a producer, he's good at picking songs to just play in their entirety while people <laughs> rap over them. But also
1: Yeah, he has he doesn't make the beats himself. Like, he has a production team. Like he hasn't himself.
0: Yeah, and it was that way like the music. really early on. Like it's not like he was like Dr. <clears throat> Dre who produced all of his own shit for years and then then eventually got a production team. Like Right, I think Puff Daddy had one pretty much immediately.
1: Always.
0: (laughs) And I just don't see him being the kind of guy who would be criminal-minded enough to, like, put a hit out on someone. I mean, yeah, he beat Steve Stout with a champagne bottle. Remember that? Yeah, that was crazy. And I think it was because they had him uh, nailed to a cross in the Nas video for Hate Me Now. Yeah. He thought it was disrespectful to Jesus. So he went and did the Christian thing and beat Steve Stout with a champagne bottle and broke his arm.
1: It's where Jesus would have won it.
0: Oh, yeah. Imagine trying to live that down (laughs) if you're Steve Stout. Of all the people to get beat by. It's like when Axl Rose got punched by Tommy Hilfiger, which is still one one of the funniest (laughs) stories I've ever heard in my life.
1: Was it because he started the rumor that Hilfiger was associated with the
0: KKK? (laughs) (laughs) No, but there were those rumors. Yeah, he was like talking shit to Tommy Hilfiger's girlfriend. And Tommy Hilfiger was like, I'm telling you, dude, stop. You're going to get punched by Tommy Hilfiger if you don't. And sure enough, wow. Axel Rose got punched by Tommy Hilfiger. And I don't think he punched him back, which is because it would be one thing if the story was... Man, Axl Rose got punched by Tommy Hilfiger, and then Axl Rose broke Tommy Hilfiger's back over a barroom table. That would be one thing, but it's, nope. Just right. Axl Rose got punched and then probably just ran out of the room embarrassed. Jeez, you can't get
1: punched by Tommy Hilfiger. Mm-mm,
0: not not a good look.
1: That is not rock and roll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about another, this is another big one, Suge Knight killed Easy e with... An AIDS needle. This all comes down to that Jimmy Kimmel interview that Suge Knight gave. But just to give people some background, if you're not super familiar with the death of Eazy-E, on March 17th, 1995, he announced to the world that he had AIDS. March 26th, he was dead. So nine days later, it was about a month after he initially found out that he had AIDS, full-blown AIDS. So he died pretty quick. And that's one of the reasons... Some people around him believe he might have been murdered. That and the fact that he showed no signs or symptoms, like until right up before he died. Which is weird for someone with full-blown AIDS.
1: Now, what's the question here? Is the question that Suge Knight killed Eazy-E? Or is that Eazy-E was somehow that his death itself is a conspiracy?
0: I think it's both. There's definitely a conspiracy or a belief among people who were kind of close to him that something happened. Like, he didn't just naturally die of AIDS. He was targeted by someone and killed. Let me read this long-ass quote. It's from a rapper named BG Knockout, who is... uh, featured on like the Easy e solo albums that came out after he left NWA, which are just like universally fucking terrible.
1: When he's dissing Dre, that was yeah. a team when he was dissing Dre. He was hanging with them.
0: Yeah. The the song Real Motherfucking G's is about yes. Dr. Dre. And BG Knockout was one of the other rappers on that. And uh, this is a quote from him. It's, it's kind of long, so bear with me. But this basically runs down the theory. I believe in my heart somebody did something to Eric. Whether it was Jerry, whether it was Tamika, I have yet to really know the truth about it. But for a person to have full-blown AIDS that quickly is suspicious. My little brother, his father died from full-blown AIDS, from sharing a needle because he was an addict. Now, I saw this man go through these stages, from HIV to full-blown AIDS, and when you get a cold, any little thing like that, Your whole immune system shuts down. So you have to go into the hospital just to recover. Now to be around Eric for the last three years of his life, and he never had an episode like this. Never, ever. Something is strange. Something is real odd. And then you're going to come out and tell me when the man goes in there for bronchitis, he comes out and you tell me this man had full-blown AIDS. And we've been to New York. We've been to Chicago in below zero weather. He never got sick. He never had an episode. Like, come on, bruh. Who are you kidding? So that's one part of it. Is that uh, no matter who did it, someone actually killed Eazy as opposed to him dying of AIDS naturally.
1: I always believe that easy that something did happen with, but I was always under the understand that it happened when he went to the White House.
0: Oh, maybe he shouldn't have had dinner with the president.
1: Yeah, because I-, I remember a lot of his people were talking about that. They told him to not to turn down the invitation, but he was so proud that he was invited. He went. I've always sus- suspected that when he went to that trip, something went down in the White House.
0: That could be, too. I mean, if our next theory is correct, uh, I could see the government having a vested interest in keeping death row records financially solvent by killing Easy. e uh,
1: He might have some age
0: soup. Yeah, but we're that's a little foreshadowing. We'll get to that one. <laughs> the, the other the other part of this theory, though, is that Suge Knight is the one who killed him with an AIDS needle. And we all know the genesis of this by now. Suge Knight went on an episode of Jimmy Kimmel. It seemed like he was just there to talk about killing people. And uh, <laughs> he he said this when Jimmy Kimmel asked if uh, Suge Knight was going to shoot him, which was very funny. <laughs> He said, uh, see, technology is so high, so if you shoot somebody, you go to jail forever. You don't want to go to jail forever. They have a new thing out. They have this stuff they call, they get blood from somebody with AIDS, and they shoot you with it. That's a slow death. The easy thing. You know what I mean? For one thing, it wasn't a slow death, so Suge Knight got that part wrong. He's, he died pretty quick, but I don't know. On the one hand, it's like, God damn, Suge, that is bold, but also it's almost too bold. <laughs> Like, I don't know if you'd go on TV and be like, Easy e Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stuck him uh, with an AIDS needle. Uh, I We were both at, uh, you know, the, the Chili's there in Torrance. And I just happened to see him in line. I had the AIDS needle on me and boop. I don't think Suge Knight would admit to that.
1: Now, you say he was... <laughs> so, John Leguizamo was also there. And he was uh, promoting a movie. And like you said, Suge was there promoting his latest murder. Um... <laughs> yeah. I don't think Shig did it, but I think he was in a way dry snitching on the possibility of, of what happened to Easy. Yeah, I don't think he was mean to him himself. I think he's making a a reference to the Easy thing in a way, like maybe Easy was murdered with AIDS. Like I don't, I don't know. It's how you take it, but I don't think he himself would mention that, that he killed Easy.
0: Yeah, I, I just,
1: I it's not how you how you take it, I guess.
0: And also, I, I looked into this a little more, and this is a thing that has happened from time to time, but all of the, uh, and I don't mean Suge Knight killing people, that happens all the time. Uh, I mean mm-hmm. the AIDS needle thing. It generally involves either infected people using their own blood to do it to someone, or someone with access to tainted blood uses it to like kill a family member or something like there's some really crazy stories about like in one case a father injected his kid with AIDS blood uh, I guess assuming the kid would die and he'd get like insurance money or something but I found a really interesting detail in there that makes me think this is not something you would use as an assassination method and that is that if you get stuck with a needle like this your chances of contracting HIV that turns into full-blown AIDS are like one in 200. So if you're trying to eliminate an enemy, are you going to go with a method that is going to fail like 199 out of 200 times? That seems very risky to me.
1: You're missing a part. Yes, that is risky. That's not totally accurate if you guarantee if you need that death. But if the victim is unlucky, with their luck, like, fuck, I'm the one out of that 200. I know I got it. I definitely got it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that's the thing. With my my luck, I know I got (laughs) AIDS. Yeah, and the government probably has some algorithm they run the person through first. I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to work on this motherfucker.
1: That guy's unlucky as shit.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I don't like, what if he did this and they just magic Johnson things and like exercise the AIDS out of their body or whatever the fuck he did that's gonna be a bummer you're gonna have then you're just gonna to have to shoot them I guess
1: well now when you did the research on that was that stat based on at the time of when they made that statement or present day because it wouldn't it be improved now
0: uh, they should have a
1: better AI now it should be better yeah
0: I don't know maybe there's just an app now you can order it like uber just it's like a it's like a drone yeah yeah a drone yeah man drone assassinations those are gonna be such a thing there's no way they won't be Fuck. drones with AIDS needles Oh, I don't like that at all. We tried to. uh,
1: Yeah, we.
0: I'm sure the American. uh, I'm sure the American government wasn't involved at all. But someone tried to kill Maduro with drone bombs in Venezuela. There's video of him just looking up at them like, what the fuck is this? And then they don't kill anyone. (laughs) They failed. So. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. The the one in 200 thing bothers me. But uh, like, I would think you would just use some of that like fancy Russian poison that they're like, you just like splash that on a person's face and they're gonna explode. I mean, granted, that's a little more noticeable than giving someone AIDS. But what? this is now would would one in 25? worry are you one in 25 is a little better. But even then, I mean, I guess guns aren't like 100 percent effective but they're pretty effective like in the history of presidents who have been shot reagan is kind of the exception uh a lot of times it works well ford too someone tried to shoot gerald ford and missed, but that didn't even count she wasn't trying she just pulled a gun and wanted attention she didn't even re-catch in the rye yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) she didn't listen to Beatles songs backwards or anything. (laughs) She probably did all that shit. So yeah, I don't know. I I do think EZ's death is a little suspicious, but also if you look into it there, it's not completely unheard of for a person to not have a ton of signs and symptoms that they have full blown AIDS until right near the very end. Like it's not, it could have just been AIDS. Like it's possible, but like same thing with Bob Marley, like Bob Marley's death, there's always been some suggestions that he was, like, given cancer somehow. And that's one of those things where you suggest that and people are going to get in the comments and go, we don't have the technology to do that. It's like, yeah, they're not going to tell you that we have the technology to do that, but we might have the technology to do that.
1: I always believe that whenever, whenever we don't have technology to do something and when we do have it, when we get it is when it's they moved on to better. We yeah. get it when we Do you know what I mean? We're always behind. When we don't have it, they have it. When we have it, they got better.
0: Yeah, I think that's how drones were. I think we had drones for a lot longer than the government let on. And then eventually they're, they're like, well, now we have drones that are the size of flies, so we don't have to tell anyone anything anymore.
1: Right, we got the big dumb ones. They got the microscopic yeah, ones. Yeah,
0: they have the effective <laughs> ones. We have the fucking KB toy store version. So yeah, Bob Marley's death was always weird to me, especially if you look into the time he got shot, because he got he got shot once and survived. The people have mentioned that maybe the CIA was involved, and the CIA has always been like. No, we weren't involved. Yes, his cameraman was in the CIA, but no, of course we weren't involved. (laughs) And that's real. The the guy who filmed Bob Marley's concert in Jamaica in 76 was an actual CIA agent. And they're like, what? That doesn't mean anything. Coincidental. Yeah, just...
1: That's a coincidence. We
0: were there to protect him. No, you fucking were not. There's no way. No, no, he
1: was moonlighting. He was moonlighting. He just also happened to be moonlighting as Bob Marley's cameraman. Yeah, it's his
0: passion. Once he really gets (laughs) his first big break, he's going to quit the agency and just film rock (laughs) concerts. All right, let's talk about this last theory. It's been one of the most fascinating theories to me for a long time. And I finally found someone who did a little deeper research into it. This theory dates back to 2012, and it is the theory that record labels promoted gangster rap. Because they own stock in private prisons and they wanted to promote music that would promote criminal behavior, which would then fill up those private prisons. And there wasn't much information attached to this when it first came out in 2012. It was literally just an email from an anonymous person who was like, hey, this thing happened. And uh, even then I was like, yeah, this sounds this sounds right it actually started with a company called corrections corporation of america in 2012 they reached out to all 48 states all 48 uh the continental united states and uh they were like hey we want to buy your prisons we want to buy all your prisons and make them private prisons as many prisons as you want to sell us but they had one stipulation which was that uh here i will read it verbatim an assurance by the agency partner that the agency has a sufficient inmate population to maintain a minimum 90% occupancy occupancy rate over the term of the contract. That is evil. That is them saying we need these fucking prisons filled. Which means you're either asking for more crime or for more people to be arrested for things that aren't really crimes and sent to prison for it. Which, uh, good thing none of that happens in the United States.
1: Right. This is, even before this story popped up, this argument was always something that was discussed, even in black community. Like, this is, this is like barbershop talk. Like, this is something, this is the shit our, our uncles and cousins told us about. Cause they're the ones, you know, who saw hip hop go from the daisy age, just kind of take a big step backwards into just black on black violence. Music went from peaceful hip hop to just kind of get, it just went the other, other way. And that, That spread like wildfire. So we were already kind of warned. We were kids that this was going to happen.
0: And it's not just that it went from peaceful rap. It was like black empowerment rap. Like that's what like the Jungle Brothers were all about that. And they were fucking huge. That's where a tribe called Quest
1: comes from. Native tongues and all.
0: Yeah. That was what was happening in rap at the time was it it wasn't just that the general vibe of the music was like uplifting and positive but people were teaming up like there weren't these like you would have beef like rappers would have problems with each other but it would be shit like ll cool j and cool mo d where they would just release songs and then you see a picture of them in word up magazine like shaking hands and shit and they're like it's just music it was always one-on-one yeah.
1: It was always one on one and outliers and it wasn't really crews. It was just one rapper, another rapper, they said their piece and you you moved on.
0: Yeah, and it, it, most of the conflict was about uh well who's the better rapper? And you're ripping off my style. Like it was shit like that. It was never well, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking shoot you. Like you're gonna get murdered over this. Right. Like it never felt like it was gonna get to that point back then. And yeah, then gangster rap happened. And it just shut all that shit down. Like Tribe Called Quest did fine. Like they they survived it pretty well, but only until like 98. But Mm -hmm. like Public Enemy, I feel like Public Enemy overnight went from the most revered group in rap to like an afterthought. Because if if you listen to the music in our message album, which being Public Enemy, it's spelled very weird. But I'm sure if you just Google it that way, it'll come up. It fucking rules it's a great album it might be my favorite public enemy album but it wasn't g-funk like it wasn't slow you couldn't like listen to it in your car and vibe out with with a with a blunt and it was like anti it was too bomb- drugs and shit and yeah. man people hated it
1: it was too bombastic too at the time you're right it was like it was too everything was chill at that time you're right so that was it was too fast, too busy. Yeah, it's it's too
0: loud. It's one of their wildest albums in terms of production, but that was uh, that like people need to dig into Public Enemies' output after those first 3 albums because they've been a very interesting group this whole time. They've been putting out albums the whole time. They're mostly really good. And yeah, that was their whole vibe was Uh, these songs are chaos. Like the first Ice Cube album was produced by uh, the Bomb Squad, who produced uh, most of the Public Enemy stuff. And that's why his album sounds nothing like any other West Coast rap album at the time. And none that came after it. Because even that, if you're thinking about the government, like what did we eventually get out of gangster rap? We got East Coast versus West Coast. And people were like getting shot and killed like Tupac and Notorious Big aren't the only people who died in that like one of uh, uh, I think it was a bad boy records employee got like beat to death over that shit and Mm -hmm. so now think about Ice Cube teaming up with the bomb squad that's the exact opposite of that like that's not what this government wants they don't want like we've seen time and time again this government doesn't want black people organizing in (laughs) any way that could become like a nationwide thing. And that's where rap music was nope. headed. Like it was absolutely headed there. And then along came gangster rap and it was all done. And for that to have worked, there almost had to be some agreement among record labels where they were like, okay, well, we're just not going to promote any other kind of rap for a while. And that is what it became like Def Jam Records. Like remember Boss? The Yeah. Like, she was like one of Def Jam's biggest acts for a while. She sucked. And it was like <laughs> And like But he pushed
1: it though. Yeah, right. they
0: pushed the shit out of her and did not promote Public Enemy at all after that. I don't know how many albums Public Enemy even had on Def Jam after that. That fourth one was on Def Jam, but beyond that, I don't even know. And uh yeah, maybe it was because of this meeting. And what I like about this particular article i found is someone did actually dive into these connections and it's like you still can't prove that this happened but these connections are weird i'll link to this article in 2013 someone writing under the name homeboy sandman which that was such a big mistake people made in like the 2000s and 2010s was writing under like quirky aliases. Cause now it's like, who the fuck are you? I would love to interview you, but who the fuck are you? Homeboy Sandman. Am I going to like, he's probably on Twitter still using that name, but who knows? Uh, What I'm saying is I didn't check, but we'll link to the article (laughs) and these connections. He comes up were actually pretty compelling. The first, thing to consider is that according to a PBS frontline investigation, 90% of what Americans read, watch, and listen to is controlled by six media companies. And this was 2013. So that's probably an even smaller number now. But either way, with a group that small, it wouldn't be that hard to, con- to coordinate something like this. Like there's still going to be independent labels who are putting out backpack rap and shit but for the most part you're gonna have most of the country covered if you just get those six uh controlling entities in the room and go here's what we're doing uh you all have to do it or my friend in the cia with the camera is gonna shoot you with that camera i know you think that's not possible well, but we have gun cameras now
1: and you said it earlier the world is ran by g-i-r-l-s-s that's six letters yes the girls yeah. Those are the girls. Yeah, this
0: is this. The girls came to this meeting. They they rolled up and uh, they told all these record execs, "You have to push gangster rap." And so there's that part <laughs> where there's just this very small group of people that control most of the media in the United States, and it's still that way. So there's that. But then also. This article brings up that according to Bloomberg, the largest holder in Corrections Corporation of America is Vanguard Group Incorporated. And if you recall, we mentioned Corrections Corporation of America early on in this part where uh, they're the company that wanted 90 percent occupancy in all of their private prisons. And uh, the largest holder in Corrections Corporation of America is Vanguard Group incorporated which is just one of those companies that invests in anything that they think they can make money from and vanguard is also the third largest holder in viacom and time warner so right there you have a connection in that vanguard has a vested financial interest in private prisons and in the music business but also they're they're only the third largest the largest Holder in Viacom and Time Warner was at the time a company called BlackRock, which, if you flash back to the first episode, was the name <laughs> of the company Dr. Dre set up so he could make money off Burning Man. Real full circle moment here. And uh, BlackRock was also the second largest holder in Corrections Corporation of America, second only to Vanguard. And they were the largest stakeholder in Viacom and Time Warner at the time. And so all of these companies do have vested interests in both music and private prisons. So you still can't definitively prove it, but it's not that crazy like for one thing people need to get over the idea that no one ever does anything evil for money. Like all the time. All the time. Like it's the biggest motivator for murder in the world is money. Yeah. Like if there's money involved, you follow that money, you probably got the person who committed the murder. Like everyone knows that. And we know like corporations start wars over money. If you look into fucking Halliburton and the Bush Cheney administration, money is such a huge motivator. And if you look into the history of what the American government has done to black people, this is pretty par for the course. Like this is, (laughs) Like, this is a thing, like, it sounds outlandish, but it's not. Like, a corrupt government is going to try and control the media, and they're going to try and control the media to accomplish the things they want to accomplish. And we wanted to put black people in prison a whole bunch in the 80s and 90s. And this might be one way we fucking did that.
1: This corporation having a stake in the correction facility, correctional facilities and the music business, to them it's like having peanut butter and chocolate in both hands yeah like it's just they they had to put like for them it's so perfect why would they not combine the two and like we'll use one hand to wash the other perfect
0: yeah it's like we did a episode about a jesse ventura episode uh a conspiracy theory with jesse ventura episode about the gulf oil spill and that these companies both own a large stake in the music industry and the private prison industry. You could write it off as a coincidence, sure, but you also have to take into account how evil these people are. And on that Jesse Ventura episode, it came up that about 12 days before the Gulf oil spill, Halliburton, who is alleged to have known that this tanker was going to explode because they were doing maintenance work on it, Halliburton just mysteriously bought a company that specialized in cleaning up oil spills. And people are like, Mm. well, they clearly did that because they knew this was going to happen and they wanted to make money from this. And people are like, nah, come on. They wouldn't do that. Halliburton, they're too busy starting unjustified wars in the Middle East to do that to the Gulf Coast. And it's like they would absolutely do all of that shit. And I don't doubt that Time Warner would fucking get a bunch of people in a room and be like, here's how we're going to make money putting black people in jail it's not that crazy, like it, it's going to be a hard one to prove. I don't know if anyone will ever prove it, but it doesn't sound like that, that nuts.
1: I would say I always heard it when I was little from older, from older guys. And this is before this even surfaced. So to anything, this just proved their point to like, they are like, we told you, told you. Yeah, they're doing it. They're trying to send little black boys to jail. <laughs> and it worked. It's still working.
0: I should mention all of those connections we brought up obviously are from an article from 2013, but. I don't know. Go look into it now. I bet it hasn't changed that much. I bet if anything, it's fewer people who own everything now. And that's it. That's our episode. Yeah. Uh, that is that is the number one hip hop conspiracy of all time, as decided by me. But I think I think this is <laughs> one that you take pretty seriously too.
1: Yeah. These are good. These um these are the things we've been uh, kind of watching involved in hip hop the past decade or so. The direction is going.
0: I will say since the last episode, we have actually confirmed that Nicki Minaj is Jay-Z. So we need to retract everything we said about that not being. Uh, that's all real. Go look it up. Yeah. Yeah. That would be so fucking factual. Fun. <laughs> uh, so do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? Thank you for doing these episodes. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was fun. These are the tried and true conspiracies. Um, none of them are true. One's false. Yeah. I think that was the thing we got to mention.
0: Do you have anything to plug before we get out of here?
1: Um, Check out the website, slicebergslim.bandcamp.com. Got a bunch of new projects up. A lot of new music. Go check
0: it out. Uh, Patreon.com slash Unpops, Unpopsnetwork.supercast.tech, or get bonus episodes right in your Spotify apps Uh, if you want to hear more episodes of this show per month. And, uh... I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Sliceberg, say goodbye. Goodbye, people. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.